With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. The following production is brought to you by The Talkin' Buds Leaf Show. Oh, baby, talking Buds Leaf Show post-vacation edition. We are back. Little hiatus. Well, I went on vacation. You were still here kicking around. Yes, I was still here kicking around watching my favorite hockey team just shove it right back into my face. Yeah, we're going to get to that in a second. We So we, we take some time off, or I take some time off. We come back. We have all kinds of things to discuss. We've got Mitch Marner breaking records. We've got injuries galore. We've got Matt Murray continuing his sensational play in between the pipes. Elias Samsonov back from injury. But um, as you just alluded to, you have something off the top of this episode that you would like to get off your chest. Yeah, I would just like to formally, I don't know if apologize is the right word, but man, did I overreact at the start of this season. Did I cry like a little bitch or what? <laughs> Like, we were literally crying, crying. We were crying our faces off. Yeah, we were crying. We were sitting here four games in being like, oh, this, this is ridiculous. Yeah. What are we watching? Yeah, we were crying. And it, guess what? It's all round into shape. You look at the standings. You look at the way they're playing. Like, that, that is just a classic example of just overreacting and kind of letting the carryover of the playoffs kind of carry over to the start of the regular season. Well, and they have a track record for not starting quickly. So do you feel stupid for just not? Because there was, there were the people who were freaking out, and then there were the people who were like, it's early. So do you feel like we should, like, if you could go back in time, would you tell yourself it's early, Ryan? I would have eased, eased off a bit. I would have eased off a bit. I would have. It was bad, and I was upset, and clearly it carries over from the the, the devastation you f- suffer every April. But, like, we – I guess what I'm saying is I always knew deep down they were just going to round into shape and just be the same hockey team that they've been through the past couple seasons. Like, they're I, I they're would one argue, of the best regular season hockey teams in the NHL. I would argue this is the best version of the Maple Leafs that I've seen in this era with this core. I thought ahead of the Tampa game, John Cooper said it best. They interviewed him in the pregame, and he said, you know, in previous years, the Maple Leafs were a team that wanted to go out there and they wanted to beat you 6-5. And when I look at the team now, I see a team that is totally content to play a style that can win a 2-1 hockey game. And that's that's exactly what I see, too. It's... I was watching them because, like, I was away on vacation, but I was still, like, I've, I've always got the game on, whether it's on my iPad, on my phone, whatever. I'm, I'm keeping an eye on it, which which my life, which my uh, wife loves. Yeah. But I'm just sitting there, and I texted you during the week. I'm like, this is, this is the best I've ever seen them play. 
Yeah, they've been unbelievable. And their top players have been unbelievable. And they've they've been contributing. And they've just rounded into form. Like, it's not going to be perfect. They're not the best team in the NHL. But I, I just felt bad watching these games being like, boy, did I cry? Did I ever cry and make myself kind of sound like an idiot? But... I mean, you kind of live in the moment with this hockey team, so I can't get too mad at myself, but they've they've really rounded into shape. Like, it's just now we're back to just this team having a great regular season like, all over again. I, again, though, before we move on from this, I just want to hit, like, I, this is different. This feels different to me just because of the way they're playing. Like, yeah. they're down Riley and Brody on the back end. And they're still like like their their defensive play. Timothy Lilligren, I cannot say enough of the, about this guy. Like he, I love watching Timothy Lilligren play hockey. He he's he's a top four defenseman on this team. I don't care what anybody says. Yeah, no, and it's been it. I think with the guys going down, the D men going down, it's been it hasn't been ideal for the team, but it's been kind of nice for these guys who to step up and play a larger role. Like Rasmus Sandin's probably the happiest guy in the world. He was, he was talking about getting forced out of the lineup for Jordy Ben at one point. And now he's playing on the second pair for this hockey team playing pretty well. Looks pretty good on the power play. It's, I mean, it's not perfect. I want, I want Morgan Riley back. I want Brody back, but I just, uh, it's been nice to see these guys step up and play a role in this team. They're, they're good regular season hockey team. I can't say enough about the leadership intangibles that Mark Giordano brings night in and night out. You can see it when you watch the games. You can see how vital he is. And he steps up. This is a former Norris Trophy winner who in NHL years is a, is a senior citizen. And he is their number one guy back there right now. And Keith is leaning on him every single night. And he's in the middle of scrums and he's sticking up for guys. And he totally picked up where Jason Spezza left off when it comes to like having an important veteran in the room around these guys. Yeah, they're basically the same guy. I mean, he's been good. He is he is he the he's kind of looks a little slow out there sometimes, I'm not gonna lie, but he's been good. He's been good, and that's been kind of the whole story about this whole hockey team. They've all been pretty good, and it's been nice to have him step into that role because, personally, I was Jason Spezza's biggest fan at one point. Yeah, you were. Well, but. I thought you were You were far from uh, his his only fan. There was yes. tons of his yes. only fans. <laughs> Jason Spezza you were signing up. Fan. You were signing up for Jason Spezza's only fans yeah, when yeah. he was playing. Honestly, I might. <laughs> I, I actually might. Better be under, like, fifteen ninety nine though. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um talk to me a little bit about matt murray what do you see when you watch matt murray where mitch marner is obviously the the main topic on this episode today but where i'm I'm pushing it i'm kicking that can down the road because we've got a lot to talk about when it comes to him but first talk to me about matt murray i've always liked matt murray when have i ever come on this podcast and said one bad thing about matt murray never and i kind of take the temperature of other Leaf fans and regardless of how well this guy plays, people still doubt him. But man, he's been, look at the numbers. He's just been solid. He's been good. The only thing I doubt about him is like, you see, you see someone run into him out there and you're just like, like, you you hold your breath. You're just like, oh my God, please, please. But it's funny, you know, like there, there's a lot of discussion this week about the goaltending situation in Edmonton. 
And oh there, boy. And there's a lot of people who, and listen, you came on here at the beginning of this episode seven minutes ago and you ate crow and said you cried like a little bitch. Yeah. One thing we do not have to eat crow on is from the get-go, we when when we found out that Jack Campbell was not re-signing here, we were like, thanks, Jack. We'll, I, think, we'll, I think we championed that we, cause. We did. And so we're going to sit here now. We're going to boast about how we... I just... I didn't think it was that big of a risk going... C- compared to what else was out there and what their other options were, I don't think it was that big of a risk to go with Murray and Samsonov. Thus far, it hasn't. Both of them have been great. Also, props to Eric Schalgren, who has stepped in and played well for them when they've needed him. Yeah. And I just, I also think, like, is it a hot take to say that, like, Matt Murray just didn't want to be in Ottawa? Probably. Yeah, like, or, like, sometimes you go somewhere and it doesn't work out. It gets stale. Like, he never got a good start. He never got a good jump. And it just went all downhill from there. I just think that their goaltending situation this year is in a place where if you look at last year's situation, it, it's laughable how much better in a position they are this year in the net. Like the, the last year, what I like looking back on it, we had Jack Campbell, a guy who never played a full season and Peter Morales. Like these two guys, I feel way better, way better about the goaltending situation this year, which is everything. That's enough to make you feel confident that they're going to have a better season this year than they did last year. Like I, I think it's. I think they've both been phenomenal. Everyone's numbers have been good. It's kind of nice that when they're both healthy, you can kind of trade them in and out. One game, one game, one game, one game. It's, and I feel pretty confident about it. They both have good numbers. You know what I like about Matt Murray too? The guy's huge. Yeah, he is huge. That's huge yeah. in the net. He's massive. Yeah, and that makes me feel better. His reads, like his his anticipation, is fantastic. Like he. The way he gets over, like, like if the other team's coming in on him uh, on a two-on-one or a three-on-two, his ability to read that play and get over and make the save is is very impressive. Yeah. It's very, very impressive. Yeah, and I, I mean, everyone's kind of waiting for him to not almost get injured again, but waiting for him to give up he's some gonna, horrendous dude, goals. He's going to have he's gonna have one night where he gets shelled and they lose, yeah. like, 5-1. Like it's going to happen. Like, I, I saw... People kind of going after him about the OT goal against Tampa. Uh, but I'm sorry. Austin like, Matthews. Yes. That was one of the worst shifts of hockey I've I, ever seen in my entire life. Dude, I let's talk about the overtime thing. I have gone on rants on this podcast numerous times about how it blows my mind how, how fragile the pro, professional athlete psyche is. And... It's, it's like you guys are professionals. You're the best hockey player in the world. The best hockey players in the world. Like, why why is this, why does this infect you so much? And this hockey team, man, the second it goes to three on three, it's, you can just see the bench is like paralyzed with fear and they're like, we can't win. We don't know how. It's just like Austin Matthews in the Tampa Bay game was horrendous shift, horrendous giveaway. Because the guy is totally in his head. He's like, oh, no, another overtime that we're going to lose. And you can just see it. And it's like, I don't, I don't get it. I don't it, get it, it either. It goes against everything that this team is built on. Yes. This team should. was literally built on speed and skill and time with the puck and space. There is no time where you have more space than three-on-three overtime. And for some reason, you put your best players out there who are supposed to be one of the most skilled groups in the entire league, and they go out and they can't, they suck. They can't even. 
when they have possession, they can't get through, and then they give it away immediately. And it's and usually these overtimes end pretty quickly. Like it's not like they play for three minutes. It, the, these they've lost six in a row in overtime. I'd say at least three of them, but within the first minute, they give the puck away and it's over. And like, it's I, I don't get it. It, it. it literally makes no sense. It makes zero sense. Some sort of odd man rush back the other way, and yeah, it's it's in the back of the net. All right, I am Mitch Marner. Breaks a Leaf record, 19-game point streak. Where would you situate Mitch Marner on the Leaf de- depth chart right now, specifically when it comes to him and Austin Matthews? You know, I think a, a, a lot of people, ourselves included, would say Austin Matthews is the greatest Maple Leaf of all time, Hart Trophy winner, Rocco Richard winner, et cetera, et cetera, Calder Trophy winner. But Mitch Marner is dominant. He's a force of nature. Would, have, have you ever seen Austin Matthews dominate games the way Marner has in this 19-game run? Well, when Marner's... I, I feel like I, I've said this in previous episodes, but he's just obvious. He's their best player when he's playing his best because he plays in all three situations. He plays on both special teams, and he's in five-on-five. Five. And when he's going, when he's playing his best, like his... His point to break the record against Tampa was a shorthanded goal for him anticipating a play and breaking it up and causing a scoring opportunity. Like when this guy is on his game, he is the most important player on their hockey team. Yes, in my opinion. That's, that's what I was looking for. Yeah. That right there was, was what I was trying to get out of you. Like, do you think when he is playing like this, he's, he's the straw that stirs the drink? Yeah, of course. And he's the, he's the one who I, need to apologize to the most for the, my, my crying at the start of the season. Like we were going after him and I know the whole thing with Keith didn't look good, but I mean, how, how did, how would I not think that he would not round into form? He always does. But this is, this is beyond rounding into form. This is, you could legitimately sit and have a conversation right now. If someone came and sat in front of you and said, Mitch Marner is a more important piece or, is is a better hockey player overall than Austin Matthews. You might not agree with it, but you're not just going to dismiss that take outright. Like you're not going to no. Like if someone, especially this season, yeah. If someone came, like it's not like you're going to look at that person and go, Pff. like no. I find Austin Matthews would land in my hot takes right now. That I don't think he he all this talk about him ruling the world when his contract ends. Like I'm sorry, this I don't think he's even been a top ten hockey player this year. In the NHL. Do you think he's Jason a, Robertson's a better hockey player right now than Austin Matthews? Do you think he's 100% healthy? I don't know, but there's something off about him. He looks slow. He looks behind the play. And and he's getting pucks in the slot and it's bouncing off a stick. Like what's that about? I, like, I he's just he's not crisp at all. There's something about his game that's just not at that level that it that where it's been. It's he's just a step behind. I wouldn't be surprised if he's nursing an injury, but one thing I will say is I think his 200-foot game is way better yeah, than no, he's to fine, be. He's fine. Like, I'm not saying he's... Like, when we're talking you're, you're, about you're, you're Austin not, You're Matthews, not saying he's bad. You're no, just saying, like, yeah. the expectations for this hockey player are so high that when I talk about him and I talk about Pierre Engvall playing well and playing bad, those are two completely different levels of expectation we're talking about here. Austin Matthews has been fine this whole year. He still has a... Okay amount of goals, okay amount of points. He's playing a good 200-foot game, but 
for a guy who's who is projected to sign the biggest contract in the history of the league, like I'm not that impressed. Like I, I don't think he's been that good. Yeah, I think again, I, I think still long season to play, but I, I just think Mitch Marner is making a case right now that he is the most important player on this hockey team. And I think William Nylander is the best five on five hockey player on this on this hockey team. This so since you're talking like full season. Yeah. Since the start of the season, I think William Nylander five on five has been the Toronto Maple Leafs best hockey player. Yeah. The guy who creates the most chances five on five. There is nobody who skates through the neutral zone like that guy. He looks completely different. It's insane. But Marner with the penalty kill aspect kind of puts him a little bit ahead because he's been just as good five on five. But it kind of always, it kind of, I'm kind of relating it to Matthews, I think, where it's, I think Austin Matthews might be might be their fourth best core four player this season. Yeah, thus far this season, for sure. Uh, yeah, yeah, he's, like, yeah, he might sure. be he's at not the been back as, of the pack. Yeah, he's not been as uh, impactful as the other guys. But uh, at the end of the day with Austin Matthews, it's like he's he's won the, the individual accolades at this point. Just score a big goal in, in April or May. Yeah, it's fine. And I don't care. I don't care. That, that, I don't care. That, that goes for anybody. Yeah. That goes for anybody well, on this Even Alex team. Kerfoot. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Poor Alex stat. Kerfoot, I saw, man. I saw a stat. I think it was Luke Fox who posted it. That the, the top four forwards have accounted for 49% of the points for this hockey team, and they occupy 49% of the salary cap. Pretty crazy it is, stat. Yeah, it is a pretty crazy stat. And, and there's the odd night where I, I can't watch the whole game. I'm out doing something, and I go and check the app, and you, and you check the, the goals. It's there, There's Marner. There's Nylander. There's Tavares. There's Matthews. They're all over it. They are truly the, one of the most deadly groups in regular season hockey. And, and the way the way the team is... How many times have, have I, in the history of this pod, go, you know, the way this team is built, um, the way they're built, that's how they're going to have success. Like you, they have to be, a, like accounting for forty nine fifty percent of the offense every night because that's that's just the way they're built. Yeah, yeah, I know. And when they're doing that, they look good. Yes, they that's do. what they've been doing. They do. Simple as that. So this is a really exciting moment in the history of uh, the Talking Buds Leaf Show. We've been brainstorming for weeks about like what do we do? We got to do something. You know, we come on here every week and. We we kind of just do the same thing, like like we sit here and and we shoot the shit about this hockey team, and and some weeks we're we're good, and then some weeks we watch the episode back and we're like, yikes, yeah. Um, so we're like, what what can we do? What can we do? And you know, like obviously we're we we love to have guests on. We're always working like the phones, I guess, to try and get people to come on and talk to us. But at the same time, it's like I don't think having. A, media on here is something that you and I find overly exciting because you and I love to chirp the media a little bit on this pod because everything is just so like, well, you know, with Morgan Riley on the shelf, they're going to struggle on the back end. It's like, yeah, thanks. Cool. Yeah, yeah. Good analysis. Yeah. So we're like, what should we do? And we're, we were like, you know what? We've got a lot of great people who follow this podcast, who watch us every week, who hit us up in the YouTube comments. Let's talk to them because that's when we started this pod, we were like, this is the vibe we're going for. Two buddies, whether it's sitting here having a beer or sitting here having a coffee, 
Sitting here having a country style. Sitting here having a country style coffee. Because the lineup at Timmy's is way too long. Yep. And like that's that's the vibe we're going for. So each week we're gonna open it up to a Talking Buds Leaf Show listener to send us a video giving us a hot take of what they wanna hear or what they wanna say. And and then we'll discuss it and just more inclusion on this podcast. Yeah. So for the very first episode, we're really excited to open it up to our buddy, Rob Eddington. Number day one talking buds listener has been with us since the beginning. Great guy, great dude. And he sent us this video and he's going to kick off the very first episode of the talking buds leaf show pulse. Hey boys, it's Rob uh, from Newmarket, Ontario. I've uh, been a Leaf fan my whole life and a uh, Talking Buds fan and listener since uh, day one. Love what you boys are doing. It's a pleasure for me to come in here and uh, give you my uh, my opinion on a couple of things, I guess, or hot takes. First hot take will be uh, Mitchie Marner, the way he's been playing. He's going to uh, lead them in the playoffs in points and we're going to get by the first round. Secondly, we are not going to trade for another defenseman in our recent uh, winning streak with uh, all those D-men out, and we're going to get a top six forward. There's a couple for you guys to uh, discuss there on the podcast. Keep up the good work, and uh, I'd like to hear what you guys have to say. Huge thank you to Rob Eddington for sending that in. What a beauty. Great a guy. Beauty. Thank you so much again, buddy. Just wearing his Leaf jersey. Yeah, I know. True fan. Just a diehard. True fan. Love so, it. first take, Mitch Marner is going to lead the Leafs in points in the playoffs, and they're going to get through the first round. I like the Marner aspect of that. I got to tell you, though, I really hope they can they like, they like can catch Boston here. That's not happening. Well, they better, because guess who they're playing in the first round if they don't? They're going to have to do it. That that's what's happening. They're gonna have to slay. So you're you're sitting here on December. It's over. The divisions divisions over. Divisions over. over. Yeah. So you're yeah. sitting here in the early December saying Tampa's coming to Scotiabank Arena, or we're going to Amelie Arena for unless game one. David Pasternak's out for the season, or unless they have a catastrophic injury where someone's season is done. The Boston Bruins are winning this division. Hundred percent. I every. Morning, I check the standings, waiting for another L, and it never comes. They're 20 and 3. That is ridiculous. And they look really good. Why are they so good? I don't know. Because of the Bruins, they're always good. When are they not good? So it's just, I think we're kind of going towards what we think we're going towards. So we better be okay with it because this team's not winning a division. And I hope Mitch Marner. Another Tampa. And I hope they go into Tampa or Tampa comes to Toronto. And I hope Mitch Marner does. I hope one of these players finally has the series that we've been waiting for all these years. Who's going to take over the series? Hopefully it's Mitch Marner. But so far, if, if I'm a lawyer and I'm trying to argue a case of a player taking over a series, it's hard to argue because no one's done it yet. You just got to have no fear, fellas. Like, have no fear. Like, just... Don't get in your own head. <sighs> All right. Second take there delivered by our buddy Rob was given like, you know, a lot of injuries on the back end, but they played pretty well defensively. So 
as we head towards the trade deadline, they're not going to target more defensive depth. They're going to target a top six forward. I love that take, and I hope that's what they do. Yeah, we've had this conversation before. I, I, I don't, I don't think. First of all, I don't think they're getting anybody who's going to make a massive difference. They're going to get somebody as a depth piece. They're not going to get a top six forward. You don't think you don't think they're getting a top? Who? Well, who, no, who how they get? Like, but I, no, no, but it doesn't have so. If you look at like the depth chart of players around the league, are they going to go and get a guy who uh, uh, an expert would say is a top six forward? Maybe not. Probably not. Are they going to target a guy who can play on the left wing of that second line? That's what I hope they do because it ain't Alex Kerfoot. And I would love nothing more than to see Nick Robertson settle in there. But my God, is he small? He is the short king of the National Hockey League, man. Like, he, like, God, he's small. He looks like a minor hockey league player out there. <laughs> like size. Nick Robertson has done nothing since that game he, against his brother. And it's like, listen, li- listen. He skates well, and he's he's like I said, he's got tons of yeah. upside. But man, oh man, oh man, does he look small out there? Like, jeez. Well, going back to the point, like I I think they've always kind of gone out and tried to upgrade on their forwards. So like I could see that happening for sure. Like I, I just. In my opinion, I think they should go out and get the best available player at any position. Like if if you the most impactful player you can get is a winger, then go get the winger. Or if it's a defenseman, go get the defenseman. Because adding a a, a Jordy Ben on your D or a Jordy Ben forward equivalent on your forward group, it's just like what what is that? Who cares about that? I, it's I'd just like, like to get a guy who go get the most impactful guy at any position you can get. I'd like to get a guy who can make a bit of difference and hopefully play second line left wing because I, I like I said, I, I worry about Nick Robertson size wise and I am ready to retire from watching Alex Kerfoot play hockey. I I want them to go get a defenseman really badly. Really? Really bad. Okay. All right. I'm, so like, I'm, I'm with Rob and you're more on the... I like all these guys. I, I like their defense, but like if they could just somehow get somebody somewhat impactful back there, especially a shutdown type of guy... To push Justin Hole down, to push everybody down. Like that would be the biggest difference for me going. I would feel way more confident going into a playoff series, knowing that there's just an extra piece back there to defend against the Tampa Bay Lightning. Yeah, that's 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 a good point. That's a this good team point. is should be good enough to score the goals. I, I like if you compare forward groups between Tampa and Toronto, like Tampa might have a little bit, they have a better bottom six for sure. Well, like in terms of like the overall scoring talent, like it's just I don't think there's a big difference. But when I look at that decor on Tampa, it's just they got a couple better players, a couple better players than the Leafs do. Well, so who would you rank? Who would you rank as their top three defensemen right now? Like not like forget injuries. Like would you go Riley, Brody, Lilligren? I don't know or Giordano. I would go. Th- those are my top four for the Leafs I, I right li- now. I like Lilligren, but I think sometimes we, when a guy just steps into a role and just plays fine, sometimes our opinion can get elevated a little bit. If you know what I'm, if you know what I mean. Yeah, it's, but he's it's like, do I think he's been great? Like, no, I don't. Well, I, I think don't he, think he's think been he, great. Oh, I, I think, think he's been, been good, good, and I think he's done his job. I think he's been pretty good. And I he, think if you have him slotted in as your as your third or fourth guy, I think that's a perfect place for him. 
But is he as good as a third or fourth guy on other teams? Like, that's my I, point. Yeah. It's well, like, if you put him on a good decor, I don't think he's the third or fourth guy. But it's so subjective, right? Like, if I you, know. if you see, that's the thing. It's like, like, like you, you Alex, only watch what's in front of you. And Alex Kerfoot's the perfect example. Like, if you if picked up, if some other team picked up Alex Kerfoot, you'd be like, this guy's played top six minutes for the Leafs. You could slot right in. And then, him, and then you watch him. Can't play in the NHL. Yeah, and then you watch him go out there and skate around and do nothing. He's a good penalty killer. That's it. That's like a, my, my favorite line about Alex Kerfoot is, I've just never seen a hockey player try so hard to accomplish so little. Yeah, guy skates his ass off out there and achieves nothing. None, absolutely yeah. nothing. He hasn't scored. He hasn't done. Dude, like they're bottom six. Like realistically, like that. Now, kind of thinking about it, like. They might need some help on their bottom six because their bottom six, other than David Camp, who I love. I love David Camp. But other than that, Pierre Engvall, no thank you. Alex Kerfoot, no thank you. Zach Aston Reese, no thank you. And then the the mishmash of dudes they have with Pontus and Wayne Simmons and I don't know, maybe going out and getting another bottom six guy, if it doesn't cost you a lot, could help as well. I, I don't know. But my point with like sometimes when you're watching this team, it's like guys step into a role and they play well. They they do their job. And we think that they're like they might be good enough to fill that role, but then you start comparing them to other great hockey teams, teams that actually have a chance to win the Stanley Cup. And it's is this guy impactful in that lineup? You like, know what I think? I think the NHL is no different than most other leagues where you've got your elite players and you've got your pretty good players. And then you've got a bunch of guys. Yeah. And it's just teams plugging in guys in their third and fourth lines. And some guys fit in better than others on certain teams. And that's just basically how it works. Yeah. No, you're right. You're not wrong. It's, sometimes it's just like luck, too. Like, you know, like it's not, I don't know. And sometimes but guys you, have career seasons. Yeah. But when you lose in the first round for, six straight years. It's kind of like some of these teams, like some of these random hockey teams, like go to the second round. Yeah. I know. Like go to the third round. Like the, what were the Oilers? Well, the that's West the, final. Like, the, the, like, you know, like, the, well, the, the, you know, you and I have had our disagreements with, um, all of our, uh, statistical friends out there who just lean on the numbers constantly. But a lot of them are like, they're just like, listen, it's, it's like, if you look at the numbers year over year, there's no rhyme or reason to it. Like, it's random. Yeah. Like, it's it's totally, like, you can't predict what's going to happen based on what's happened previously, and it's random, and it's the, that's the point you just made. Like, you look some years, and you're like, how the hell is this team in the conference final? Because stuff just went their way. They they got lucky. Yeah. yeah. And the Leafs just haven't been lucky. No. It's, it's, it's that. And yes, have... Have they wilted in certain moments and could they have played harder and could Freddie Anderson have made certain saves and could uh, Rasmus Sandy not turn the puck over in overtime and this and that and the other thing. But it's just, they just, they need a, they need a bounce. They do need a bounce yeah, really badly. They but bounce. they also, like, you could also make the argument that they need somebody to, like, overcome the wanting and needing of a bounce. Like, they need someone to just want it so bad. Yes that the bounce will go their way because they want it so Look bad. At, like the team, the team that, that you and I love to pick on that boggles my mind is the Edmonton Oilers. Like, Look at the two guys at the head of oh, that God. team sucks. And look at the two guys. Connor McDavid at, is at like a two point 
game. Basically. Exactly. And 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 like, Drysidle's right behind him. And and they're that team is terrible. He's on pace for like an eight 160 points. Yes. Yes. It's wild. But but they but they've they've gone to the second round. Yeah, I know. Like they they went to the conference with final. Bad goaltending. Yes. And, and, like they're, they're, they're a perfect they've example. Been a worse hockey team than the Leafs. And they they've been to the conf- did yes. they go to the conference final? Yes. Perfect example. Yeah, like I like they've they've won a round. Yes. Yes. Like it's it, that's what's so irritating. Yes, I know. Like if you go through all these teams over the past couple seasons who've made the playoffs, if you look at like the playoff trees, it's like this team won a round. Yeah, and 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 again, it's sometimes stuff breaks your way. Like uh Jared Bednar, head of the cup final last year with the Avalanche, said they watched Leaf film. Yeah. Like they 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 went back to the fur and a part of this is the NHL's stupid playoff format. Yeah. But He's, they went back and watched film from the first round. Florida. Florida Panthers. President's Trophy winner last year. Yeah, like, dummy. record. Gone. Goodbye. Like, it's just, it is. It's, it's, totally, it's totally random. And I'm totally coming around on that way of thinking after watching this. All right. We've, we got to get out of here. We, we're sitting here talking our ass you know, off. Thanks, Rob. Yeah. Thanks, Rob, for all that. Honestly, that might have been the best conversation we've had in weeks. Yes, yeah. Which well, is why? Well, oh my god, some of these episodes. Why you gotta check, check the pulse? You gotta check the pulse. If you would like to be someone on the pulse, hit us up on in our Instagram DMs. We'll get back to you. Send us a video, and we'll talk about it on the show. I know there's lots of you who's who are watching this that want to do it. Come on, step up, step up. We're ready for you. And we gotta have this conversation too. It's what if someone wants to do it but they don't want to be on video. That's then you can send us a voice note. Yeah. And we'll we'll do that. But well, we prefer the video. Yeah, we prefer the video. But if you really don't want to be on video, you can send us a voice note and a picture of yourself. If you do send us a voice note, it better be a good take. Yeah, better, better be, be a good take. Absolutely. All right. Let's get out of here, buddy. All right. Thanks so much, everyone, for sticking with us and checking us out. If you like what you see, hit that like and subscribe. The Podcast Super Friends is a monthly meeting of five podcast producers. Hi, I'm Catherine O'Brien from Branch Out Programs in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I'm John Gay from Jagged Detroit Podcasts. I'm Matt Kundle from the Sound Off Podcast Network. I'm David Yes from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. And I'm Johnny Peterson from Straight Up Podcasts. Together, they form the Podcast Super Friends, an alliance of podcast masterminds sharing best practices, insights, and discussions to help make you a better podcaster. Follow or subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or at soundoff.network. Hi, I'm Matt Kundle, host of the Sound Off Podcast, the podcast about broadcast. Every week since 2016, we've been bringing on broadcast leaders to talk about their experiences in radio, what they've seen, and where they believe it is all going. If you live and love radio, subscribe to the Sound Off Podcast with Matt Kundle wherever you get your podcasts.